Good morning. Grace and peace to you. What a great song. Wow. It fits right in with our lesson. I wonder why that is. Thank you, brother. We're beginning, Lord willing, next Sunday morning, our study of Revelation in the adult Bible class, and so I'm just kind of stirring you up for that. If you haven't been coming to the Bible class, I would like to encourage you to do that. Uh, we're going to see where the Spirit leads us with that study. And so I encourage you to come and study with us. And as you can see from the scriptures today, all but one are from the book of Revelation. There is much to learn there uh, for our, our walk today. Um, it isn't all you know, about just prophecy, as we know most of the book is. So we can learn a lot from it, and I hope to, uh, to challenge us today with a thought here from the book about faith, as we've just sung, that in that day of trial and test, that we'll be able to stand. You know, whether that is the overt persecution that some even are experiencing today, or is it just a situation in which, you know, you're, you're standing there and you're the only one that is, knows the truth and is ready to defend the situation, whether it's under discussion or something, and whether or not you have the courage to stand up and speak what needs to be spoken or do what needs to be done. It's still faith. Let's look at Revelation 12 and 10 to begin. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb because of the word of their testimony and they did not love their life even when faced with death you know the question becomes as we consider that what kind of faith is it that would cause people not to love their life even when faced with death you know these early Christians faced horrible deaths you know your history, and I hope you know some of that history. They were uh, carted off and put into the arena to face the lions. Yes, that really happened. It was not a cartoon. They were, many of them were crucified, just like Christ was. Many of them were beheaded and some other terrible things. I think sometimes we think, you know, the, well, these Christians were just different. But you know, they, they had jobs. They went to work. They had families. And a lot of these families were totally destroyed when they were uh, persecuted. These families were torn apart, broken up. They had hopes and dreams. They wanted to see their grandchildren. You know, they wanted to make a trip. 
They wanted to grow their business. Just like us. But when the knock came on the door and someone said, let's go down and we want to see if you'll put the incense on the altar to worship the emperor, they said, no, we won't do it. And they knew full well what would happen to them. And one, one commentator said that Christians in that day, when someone decided to become a Christian, they knew exactly what they were getting into. They knew full well that the next week they might be dead. But they still chose to follow Christ. And I'm reminded also, and I have the books back there on the shelf, and again I encourage you to take them and read them, The Voice of the Martyrs. We talked about that last Sunday evening in our fellowship. I have some of the bracelets back there if you want to take one and wear it. And I encourage you to do that, to remember these who are in fact facing persecution for their faith today. Countries in the Middle East, some in Vietnam, some in India. Families that are torn apart. Families, people who are killed today for their faith. It is happening. know it's a given that we love ourselves what's the second great commandment love your neighbor as yourself it's kind of built into it to us to preserve our lives and that's an important thing and it's a powerful drive that we have to stay alive and in fact we read in history and know and in fact the scriptures talk about people who betray even their parents, their spouses, and their children in order to save their own skin. They have such a desire to stay alive. So what kind of faith is this that defies death? That stands there and looks the other person in the eye or looks the devil in the eye and says, I don't care what you do to me. Even to the taking of my life, I will not deny my faith in Christ Jesus. What did these Christians know in that day? And if you've read the book of Revelation, I hope you have, preparatory to it, the message was to the seven churches, get ready because there's persecution coming and you need to be ready for it. And a lot of these Christians got ready. Some did not, but many did. Let's go to Revelation 7. There's, you know how many things I got here? Uh-oh. Six things. Helen, I don't, we might make lunch. Uh, I think we will. I'll talk fast. These Christians had come to believe, okay? And, of course, believing brings about faith, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I'm not saying all real faith comes that way. Sometimes it comes through experiencing the presence of God in your life 
they'd come to believe some things. And these Christians had come to believe, first of all, that God saw and cared about the tears they shed. Revelation 7 and 17. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. They understood that this God was a real God, the true and a living God. He was a person. He was a being. He was alive. He created them, and he loved them. He was not like the pagan gods of the Romans and of the Greeks and of the other cultures around them who were very fickle and hard to please and were very self-centered. And, of course, as we already mentioned about the emperor worship, that if you didn't worship the emperor, you were, you were not so much seen as irreligious, but you were seen as being a treasoner, uh, being treasonous, a traitor to Rome if you did not worship the emperor. It was a civil thing as well as a religious thing. They understood this God was a real and living person. He cared about them. And he truly loved them. And he saw and understood every pain that they suffered. That he was with them. All that they had endured in his name and for the name of Christ. And he saw every tear which fell. And maybe it had to do with their suffering, their separation from their families. They, when they were in prison, they were betrayed by somebody. They were in exile, as John was, on Patmos. But even just the, the cheers we shed, when we just face the, the troubles of life, because sin is in the world. And all these things have come about because of Satan's rebellion and his temptation of Eve and our own weakness. You know, as we've talking before in the situation there with uh, Jane's daughter Wendy, her uh, co-worker Darcy, with the little baby, the mother, the father, the tears that have been shed there, I'm sure. God sees them. God sees them all. And these men and women understood that. God is the same today. He's the same God. He sees every tear you shed as you fight against evil, as you understand you live under a curse, as you understand the devil is very real, and you, you take that fight seriously. He sees. He cares. Our second thought from Revelation 8. These Christians had come to believe and even to know their prayers were heard and answered by their God. Romans 8, 3 and 4. Another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. We've experienced prayer here recently as we had the 31 days of prayer before the election. 
and we've been encouraging you to continue that attitude of prayer, that daily prayer. But it still amazes me just to, to ponder, and again, we're, we're told to meditate and ponder and think, that our prayers still go up to the very God who created in the beginning. The God who said, let there be light. That God hears your prayer. It's amazing. The God who sent his son. I think we've all come to realize that prayer is not some religious exercise. Prayer is not the keeping of some commandment that says to pray. But it is our opportunity to communicate with God, to open up our hearts, express what's in there. Yes, our troubles, our fears, our doubts. Even as the psalmist, you know, in many times, just crying out to God. Lord, you see what's happening to me. You see the trouble we're in the struggle I'm in. That's prayer. Asking God's help, not only for yourself, but for other people, interceding, getting down on your knees, praying to God that he will do something to help, to guide, to alleviate, to free. So these Christians under persecution knew that God heard and answered their prayers. They were not alone. He was listening. We have the same God today. He never changes. He's eternal. From everlasting to everlasting. Do you believe that? God hears your prayer. He invites you to pray. Third thought, Revelation 14. These Christians who had this faith had come to know and believe that their deaths were precious to God. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, so that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow with them. If God saw their tears and heard their prayers, how could their deaths not be precious to him? How did he not be standing there with them and understand what they were going through? The same God who watched his son suffer and die on the cross because it had to be so that we might be saved, that we might have life. He watched many of his suffer and die for the Christ, his son. I'm sure to him it was like losing a child. It was like losing a child. At a lesson not too long ago, that we are sons of God, right? Sons of God? Mentioned in the Bible class, you know, God, where God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But I think as we read carefully through Scripture, we come to understand God loves his children 
what shall I say, more, differently, he's closer to them. I really believe that. He really has a special place in his heart for his children, those who serve him. I remember the movie Patton, one of my favorites. I know, that kind of dates me way back there. But if you want to see it, I've got the DVD. But I think it's really good. It tells a lot about the man. But he lost one of his aides. It sent him on a little mission to uh, send some orders over to the next ridge. And he didn't come back. He was, he was hit with a shell. And it shows in that movie how he personally went to bury that young man, not digging the hole, but putting the beer on a caisson, special words, because he had lost not just a soldier, but someone who was close to him, a good friend, almost like a son to him. then I remember Acts 7, Stephen. Remember Stephen's story? You think Jesus doesn't care about those who serve him? And Stephen was standing up there in the council. They'd arrested him, you know, for preaching Christ. And he goes through his speech and talks about the history of all the Jews and their, how they had finally, you know, how God had blessed them and saved them and brought them into the promised land and done so many great things for them and they were hard-hearted and, and stiff-necked and would not listen to God and would not follow God. And I want to pick it up in 754. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the quick and they began gnashing their teeth at him and being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing right hand of God. The Lord knew something was about to happen to Stephen. Maybe a little bit there to encourage Stephen, don't give up. Maybe just to show us the Lord really cares. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him, and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling down on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. Having said this, he fell asleep. But there was Jesus watching what was happening to Stephen, who would not deny his Lord, who spoke the truth. These Christians knew that God loved them, their God that their Savior loved them, and they mattered to him. I could give you another instance here. Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. What did he do? He wept. 
Christ. Not only for Lazarus, but for all of us having to deal with death and all the curse. And so he's close to us when we die. God is the same today. Do you believe that? He's with us when we die. Fourth thought. These Christians believed that their blood would be avenged by their Lord. Revelation 6, 9 and 10. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Now, sometimes we think, you know, that's not a good attitude for a Christian to have. And we want people to be saved. We want them to be forgiven, right? But for those who refuse, for those who refuse Christ's blood and those who continually perpetuate evil and wickedness and hurt people, believe me, there is vengeance by God. It's all through the Bible. He will not withhold his hand. And so for these to cry out, Lord, how long was right. Revelation 19, 1 and 2. Over toward the end when things are playing out and coming to a head, if you will. After these things, I heard something like a loud voice of great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous. For he has judged the great harlot who was corrupting the earth with her immorality, and he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. As we read in Revelation, we understand that that was the destruction of Rome. perpetuating all her wickedness on God's people and persecuting them. But Rome fell. The blood of the martyrs was avenged by God. But we understand the scriptures teach that God reserves the judgment for himself, the vengeance for himself, and only knows the appropriate way, the best way to return evil upon a person's head that he can do it and he will do it. And so those who died in his cause have the right to expect the vengeance to come. These Christians knew that their God saw their blood as it spilled on the ground and he would do something about it in his own time, that evildoers would be brought down. We have the same God today, he hasn't changed. Do you believe that? If you give your life for him, he, he won't overlook it. And he will avenge you.
The next talk from Romans, or, sorry, Revelation 15. These Christians knew and had come to believe that they would be victorious in the end through their God, even if they died for him, gave their life. Revelation 15, 2, And I saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and the number of, the na of his name, standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God, and they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God the Almighty. Righteous and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. They knew deep down in their hearts and understood that they were on the winning side of this battle. That no matter what happened to them, whatever persecution, trouble, struggle, even death, that they would win. That they would win. They would be victorious. That they were on the side of right, of good, of life, of truth, of honor, of virtue, of all this glorious. That's what they believed. That's what they served. That's what they tried to do. The side of the Lord God Almighty, the sovereign over all creation, the most high, the Lord God of hosts. And all the other names that are mentioned in scripture that identify our God. The Alpha and the Omega, him they served. And they were on the side of Christ Jesus, the anointed one, the Savior, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. They believed that that he was king over all the kings of the earth. And he had defeated Satan. He had faced him down. And they understood that despite Satan's dying gasps and frantic attacks, because I believe that's what he does today. You know, he's, he's frantic because he knows he's lost and he's just running around hurting people because he doesn't know what else to do. And so despite all of that and all the, the things that happened that are even still painful, that the devil would never overcome God. He would never win. And that as long as they believed in their God, they would win. And we have the same God today. The God who is true and faithful. The God of love. The God of truth. The God of power and glory the same God. Do you believe this? Which side are you on? Only in God, only in Christ Jesus is there victory. And lastly, from Revelation 5, and relative to what we just said, that they had come to believe that Christ wins this great battle, and he will rule forever. He will rule forever. And those who are his will enjoy that reign, enjoy that glory, enjoy inheritance with Christ, and that which is to come. Revelation 5.11, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice. You know, that, that last reading we had in this, doesn't that excite you? Wouldn't you like to be in that crowd? 
to be singing those songs and repeating those praises to God? Absolutely. To know that you had made it, that your life was fulfilled, that you had reached, reached the end and, and, and everything was good. All that you had worked for and striven for and had come to pass. And God had validated it and vindicated you. And it will happen someday for those who serve him. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. To the Lamb be dominion forever and ever. That means he'll reign, he'll have the authority over all for all time. They understood that their Savior had overcome. He'd overcome all the wickedness of the devil. He'd stared him down in the wilderness. He overcame him at the cross, and he certainly came back from the dead with the keys of death and Hades. He'd conquered it all, and he sat as ruler of all. Christ is the same today. Nothing has changed. All these things we've discussed, and I pray you take that little list and review them. Strengthen your faith, and if you don't have faith, perhaps it will give you faith to understand these things. That in Christ, in Christ alone, is there victory, and is there a future? Revelation 22, 6. You know, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we have to be reminded because we hear so many other voices in life. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true. The words, all the words of that book is saying, all the words we read, faithful and true, they're right. Do we believe them? And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. What kind of faith do you have? Do you believe these things? You know, sometimes we talk, and Shirley and I have talked from time to time, you know, what if, what if I was faced with death? You know, what if the right now come charging through the door some some wild sect of ISIS, all wrapped up with their black headdress, with their AK-47. And they started going through the pews and said, uh, do you believe in Allah? And God is his prophet? Or Muhammad is his prophet? What would you do? We've wondered that. What would I do? Perhaps no one would know until you were put in that position. But if you really believe what this book says, 
certainly make your decision a lot easier. That even if I die, God sees my death. He will avenge it. And I've won. I've won the victory because I did not deny my Lord. If you're a Christian this morning, you'd like prayers, we're here, as always. If you're not a Christian, I pray that you consider carefully the words we've read to you from the Word of God, and that that will help you develop faith. If you're ready to obey the gospel this morning, we're here to assist you. As always, we're available throughout the week, Mike and Mike and myself. If you have questions, wants to pray with you, Maybe you want to obey the gospel on Tuesday morning. Maybe on Thanksgiving morning. Shirley might get a little upset because I'm supposed to be helping her with turkey and mashed potatoes, but we'll do it. We'll do it. If you want to respond this morning, please come while we stand and sing.